The Alliance of World Scientists says it has a moral obligation to warn humanity. Man is having a terrible time trying to stop what Mother Nature is doing to us. We're now beginning to understand, you know, the link between air pollution and heart attacks, lung disease, and other illnesses um, is only the tip of the iceberg. We are living in a climate crisis that will spiral dangerously out of control unless we take rapid and dramatic action now. This is the canopy of the largest rainforest in the world. The problem is that more and more of it is being chopped down. It's a race against time, not one of which we are losing. Um, everyone knows that there's no excuse for not knowing that. Millions of people are going to starve. And I won't stand for people that won't stand up for what it means to live on this planet. And I won't stand for anything else. We're talking about nothing less than the irreversible destruction of the environment within our lifetimes. Our house is on fire. We are less than 12 years away from not being able to undo our mistakes. The Alliance says it had to speak out. Why? Because climate change is threatening ecosystems and, get this, the fate of humanity. Scary words there. The fate of humanity. We are living in a world where we know that we are destroying the environment. And it is time to take drastic action to try and reverse this damage. In the Reduce, Reuse, Reblog podcast survey, 86% of participants said they felt concerned about the environment, with the main causes for their concerns being global warming, pollution, plastic and waste. What brought these fears into people's mind happened through being surrounded by media coverage like the audio you just heard. Due to these concerns, many people, including myself, are trying to make adjustments to their lifestyles to become more sustainable. Hi, my name is Alice and I am your host for season one of Reduce, Reuse, Reblog. Recently, I've been thinking about how much my lifestyle habits have been changing and adjusting. Until recently, I was focusing on building up my makeup collection, spending a lot of time shopping on the high street, and never giving a second thought to the amount of plastic I was creating. Now, I care deeply about the environment, and I am actively making decisions to be more sustainable. I have a bamboo toothbrush, reusable cotton pads, I try to eat more plant-based meals, and I decided to make 2020 a low buy year, which involves only purchasing clothes that are from a second-hand source or an eco-company. I've been asking myself, when and how did this change begin? Actually, there was no sudden moment where I decided I'm going to change my lifestyle, and not many people around me were making the same lifestyle changes. I realised I'd been gradually affected by what I'd seen on social media. Seeing influencers post about their sustainable lifestyles, seeing advertised eco-alternatives to products I used, and seeing so much content about the serious state of our environment. Without realising, through the bloggers I followed, the YouTube videos that I watched, I not only educated myself about the impact of my lifestyle, but had changed it without a second thought. This made me wonder, am I the only person who has experienced this? 
And from this question, Reduce, Reuse, Reblog was born. A podcast aiming to discover how social media is being used to promote the zero waste movement. Through this season, I will be speaking to a range of people to find out if they have been influenced by social media and how people are using social media to influence others in a bid to help promote the zero waste movement. So, what is the zero waste movement? It is a lifestyle and social movement where people aim to send nothing to landfill. This is because landfills release methane, a greenhouse gas, which is a key factor in global warming. They also cause leachate, which is a liquid that goes into the water and picks up toxins, which is dangerous. To achieve being zero waste, the aim is that you reduce what you need, reuse as much as you can, and send as little as possible to be recycled. Breaking this down, that means to reduce what you buy, ask yourself, do I really need eight blue tops? By doing this, you reduce the amount you will eventually throw out. When looking to reuse items, think firstly if you can get it secondhand or check if there's a reusable version of a disposable product, such as using washable cotton pads instead of makeup remover wipes. Recycling is the last resort, as there is currently too much to process due to the amount we are consuming. And at the moment, only 9% of plastic is even being recycled. That is comparable to if you put out 10 bins of recycling, only one would be taken to be recycled and the other nine would go to landfill. The zero waste movement is trying to change our linear economy where we take resources from the earth and put it into landfill. Instead, they want to become a circular economy where rubbish is written out of existence. And like nature, all of the resources which we take can then be fully returned back into the system. But where did this concept of living zero waste all start? The idea and the term zero waste actually began back in 1995, where Dr. Daniel Knapp from California started the idea of total recycling. This was an initiative aimed at governments to start trying to get countries to produce no waste. The term total recycling then transformed into zero waste in December 2000, when a New Zealand campaigner called Warren Snow created local programs which he took around the US to educate communities on how to reduce their waste. The zero waste movement, as we know it today, where individuals are trying to reduce their waste, really kick-started in 2006, where American mum called B. Johnson was downsizing her house and realised that the family had hardly missed about 80% of the items they'd put into storage, and so decided that they could live without them. B. Johnson and her family started living a zero-waste lifestyle in 2009, where she started her blog, Zero Waste Home, as she believed the earth has been trashed, enough is enough. B has the goal of preventing unnecessary things from coming into our homes in the first place, so there's nothing to throw out. This blog led to her having an article written about her in the New York Times in 2010, entitled A Visit from the Priestess of Waste-Free Living, which boosted the zero-waste movement and brought it to the world's attention. 
The article written about B. Johnson's zero-waste living coincided with mounting evidence that climate change will be the defining event of the century, and the increase in the evidence of the damage that the amount of plastic in modern-day life is causing to our environment. One person inspired by B. Johnson was Lauren Singer, who, after reading the article in 2012, decided to reduce her waste. Lauren is famous for being able to fit four years worth of rubbish in a single 16 ounce mason jar. That container is just smaller than a Ben and Jerry's ice cream tub, which blows my mind. This started the iconic image for the zero waste movement. Lauren then began her own blog called Trashes for Tossers to help encourage others who are on the same journey reducing their waste. All of this was very American-centric, and for me, it wasn't until 2016 that I heard about the Zero Waste Movement. This was when BuzzFeed released a YouTube video of one of their producers called Ari Jackson, who made the video, I tried to make zero trash for 30 days. The video has 5.5 million views with 118,000 likes and 5,000 comments. Now, I'm very excited because Ari is actually going to join us on the show. Hi, and welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to chat all things Zero Waste with you. <laughs> so to start with, could you just tell us a little bit about yourself and your job? Sure. My name is Ari Jackson, and I am a lead video producer at BuzzFeed, where I've been working for about four years. And in the last two years, I've been focusing only on environmental content, uh, which was we really hadn't made that type of work at BuzzFeed before, but I made a video where I tried to not make trash for 30 days. And then after that, I made a video where I got 100 people to try to not use straws at the office for a week. And then after the success of those two videos on YouTube and Facebook, they let me focus only on environmental content. So now I'm the only video producer at BuzzFeed who's just making work about sustainability. And yeah, I'm really excited about that. And I started making work about zero waste and plastic pollution. And then that's kind of evolved into other videos covering climate change, palm oil, you know, sunscreen, a bunch of different topics that intersect with the environment. Mm. So you mentioned your video, Trying to Create No Trash for 30 Days, which came out in 2016, and it was the first time I'd saw anything about the world of zero waste. Oh, well, that's so exciting that that was your introduction. That makes me feel excited about that. Yeah. <laughs> so why did you decide to film this video? What made you think, oh, yeah, this is something I want to try in a video that I want to make? Well... I feel like I'd always been kind of conscious about trash. Like I remember working at a movie theater in high school and we'd take out like these gigantic, we called it the whale. It was this gigantic uh, trash thing that we had to take out every night. And I remember just being like kind of concerned about like where all this waste went and how much we were producing. But then I didn't really know that there was 
anything to necessarily do about it. And then I encountered some people who were practicing zero waste just on the internet. And I was like, oh my God, this is so cool. I want to try this. And so that's when I decided uh, to do the video. And also just to stress, zero waste is nothing new. Like it's been popularized as like this new thing, but zero waste is all what like our grandparents were doing and, you know, their grandparents is just our culture of disposability and consumerism has now made it normal for us to just use something once and throw it away. But it didn't used to be like that. And now zero waste is just like the new trendy term for mm -hmm. us just like returning to what we were doing generations ago. When you decided to make the video, how did you like educate yourself on what being the zero waste actually meant and what you had to do to be living that way now? So I w just did a lot of online research. I remember at the time kind of the big people that were kind of promoting this movement were Bea Johnson and Lauren Singer. And so I definitely looked at their blogs um, and they had some good tips. There's also No Impact Man who he did this other thing where he tried to not make trash and like also he wasn't like using electricity. Um, so those were like what was readily available in the media. But then again, I would stress that like they're not doing something that's like particularly new and that zero waste has been a part of like indigenous cultures for like a long time as well. And people are still practicing in that way. It's just not as um, big in the media for like someone who I think who's just looking into it. And the video I just checked before our call currently has like 5.5 million views. Did you expect it to get that sort of viewership, that sort of reaction? I, I was hoping. Um, in the It's interesting at BuzzFeed, we uh, kind of like define success, whether if it hits a million in a week. Um, and I think it got close to a million in a week. I think it got like 900K. So I was like really excited for, for mm -hmm. that was hoping for that and it also did well on Facebook it got like over 100k shares um on Facebook as well as millions of views so very excited I didn't like I had an idea it might hit but not um as much as it did and also like this video I feel like is my favorite video that I've done at BuzzFeed and yeah I made it at the end of 2016 so yeah crazy <laughs> And then obviously after the video, you've decided to keep living zero waste. Why did you decide to do that? And how has it been? You know, I just really still believed in like why I was trying to do this in the first place, which was, you know, wanting to reduce my trash. But also I would say that zero waste has been an incredible like gateway drug to environmentalism for me. And I feel like zero waste is just one aspect or one thing you can do. And there's so many other things you can do too. Like through zero waste, I became vegetarian. I started like taking the bus to work. I'm trying to fly less now. Um, so I feel like also I the way that I've been able to make it sustainable for me, like I probably make about, I don't know, a big mason jar of trash like a month and I feel like there's a lot of focus on like the jar and all that and that is a little silly because let's say you're taking a cross-country flight but you're like oh I brought my own thermos <laughs> so there's kind of like some silliness in that because you're like oh well I'm taking a flight and last year I flew a lot for work and also to visit family and I feel like that almost kind of canceled out all this zero waste 
or like all the stuff I do. So I'm, now I'm looking at it in more of like a holistic way. And I still, yes, try to reduce and limit my trash as much as possible. Um, but I feel like that's just one aspect of it. And so like getting really psycho or like, you know, oh my God, I can't make this in trash isn't sometimes the, the most helpful. Like, oh, if you look at your carbon footprint or like how you live your life in general, but I think it's a great way to start. Like, I think there's just so many different gateways to environmentalism. Like so for some people, it's like uh, being vegetarian or vegan or, you know, so I think this is just another pathway to get people excited. And then the other part of the question was like how I have continued to live in this way. I feel like um, after the challenge, that challenge was really intense. And so I feel like I went back a little bit and then slowly incorporated things over time, which is, I think, a more sustainable way to do it than going cold turkey for 30 days. So now I'm, this is like four years later, and now it's just a part of how I live and it's sustainable for me. And I'm able to like not make trash. Um, and I'm actually going to be, I've saved all my trash this month and I'm going to be doing like a thing uh, about it and like, kind of more into the jars because I feel like when you don't see like all the recyclable trash when you see people make the jars so I want to make a video like I have a bag of recyclables currently that I've been saving but then I also have like a tiny jar for the month um, and there's also with those jars there's a lot of like active like you know if Bea Johnson goes on a plane then she'll and she gets one of those sticker tags or something then she'll like send the sticker tag back in the mail to the airline and be like please don't give us this trash. So there's also electing out of certain trash. Um, mm -hmm. So I feel, I feel like the jar is great to get people interested. I just feel like there's more to it. So what sort of responses have you got online from your videos? Are people positive? Are some people a bit negative? Or what is it like? I'm sure there has been like negative responses, but I don't really, people don't really reach out to me with mm -hmm. those responses. So I guess I'm lucky, but I, what I love about um, the videos that I've done is that usually like a young person from either elementary school or middle school or college reaches out um, like at least once a week, like wanting to uh, ask a question or interview me for their school project. So I think that has been like the most exciting thing, just that I'm like getting to interact with. Yeah, the young, it's always like young women that are like excited about this. And so that just makes me so happy. Do you find that the kind of the response that you get online and in person is different? And are people positive in person in your life about being, being zero waste? Yeah, I mean, people are definitely, you know, what's really funny is that every time anyone in my office or like in my life is uh, like has a single use disposable and they're like sucking on a straw, they're like, oh my God, I'm sorry. And what I tell people is I, I'm like, I'm not interested in being your plastic police. I only want to be your cheerleader. Like I literally don't see if you are like, I'm not judging you. Like I don't care because again, like zero waste is just one aspect of being an environmental steward. So I, if you get a reusable water bottle and you want to tell me about it, great. I'm going to cheer you on. But as far as like, I have no interest in shaming people because also like how boring and that doesn't change anyone feeling shame doesn't motivate anyone to want to change their habits so I did a podcast like survey before this season and I asked the question what were your assumptions about people who are zero waste and it seemed yeah. to come out that they were either 
hippies who are vegan or they're people who are like very middle class, very well off and have tons of free time. Do you feel like these are assumptions that are made about you or what do you feel about these assumptions? For sure. Yeah, I feel like there is some some truth in that. Like, I feel like I'm definitely more granola. Um, But I would also point out that there are some people who are not super hippy dippy and are living zero waste. And yes, there is. I feel like in the media and the people who are at the forefront of the zero waste movement are definitely wealthy and like have that disposable income and disposable time where they're able to like invest in things. And I, in my work, I've tried to do a lot of things to show that you don't have to be super wealthy to be zero waste. Um, Like I did a video where we made a zero waste meal with items only from the 99 cent center. And in a series that I did with my friend Joyce from Buzzfeed, we all, it was called my journey to zero waste. It's like different zero waste things um, with everyday things that we try to do zero waste. The goal was always to try to do it cheaper than the non-zero waste uh, way. Another thing I'd like to stress is that a lot of people in the zero waste movement have these zero waste stores and it it's like promoted as a lifestyle where you have to buy all these things. But I'm just going to tell you right now, you don't need to buy anything to be zero waste. In fact, it's more zero waste to not buy anything. So like most of us in you know, like the US and the UK and a lot of other countries, we have like a reusable water bottle in our cupboard right now. We have like a couple reusable bags and you don't need to buy like these new gadgets to be zero waste. You can just use things you already have, like any old fork, wrap it in an old rag and then you're good to go. Because if you wanna make like a zero waste kit to try to be zero waste throughout the day, usually you gather some things. Like you can use any old Tupperware to put your restaurant leftovers in. Um, But I do think that that's like a fair uh, critique that, you know, people who have, sometimes people don't have like the mental, like if you're like a mom and you have like a bunch of kids, maybe you don't have the mental energy to be like making your own nut milk. And like, totally, like I get that. I, I feel like no one should be telling you that you should. It has to come like maybe, okay, there's another way that you can help the environment instead. Uh, what if zero waste isn't for you or just like, I think also another thing is not everyone needs to be living completely zero waste. Like we just need everyone to just be a little more conscious. I feel like not everyone is gonna have like the time or the resources to be as extreme as I live my life. And I don't expect people to live as extreme as I do. But I feel like if everyone as a whole is just a little more conscious, then we can get to where we need to be. So what has been your favorite zero waste video that you've made? Hmm, I think it's going to have to be probably my first one where I tried to not make trash for (laughs) 30 days, just because that was like the beginning of my journey. And yeah, the also the start of letting me make environmental content and just kind of I just stumbled upon it and I you know got into this whole other way of living so I'm grateful for that video. And do you think that social media is a good way to promote the zero waste movement to people? Yeah I think social media is good. Um, I think again where I don't like it is when we're promoting 
people to like buy a bunch of stuff to be zero waste. But I also get that in a capitalist society, like you kind of to make something viable or a lifestyle viable, you have to kind of push it um, in that way uh, because then it has power. So I'm not like completely against that. And for the people who have the resources to buy those things, cool. But I think, yeah, social media is how I kind of got into it. And I try to share like tips and things on my social media, uh, like on my Instagram, like how to compost. So I think it's it's a great learning resource um, if you're interested in reducing your waste. Um, yeah. And to someone who's maybe thinking of starting, you know, thinking about living zero waste or making some steps, what advice would you give them? I would say start with single use disposables. Don't worry about like trying to get your groceries in bags yet and like put the cart before the horse. Just like focus on, okay, we, you know, after we get back to, you know, going out in daily life, this is kind of hard right now because of COVID-19 because all the restaurants are like doing takeout. But, you know, when life returns to normal, instead of going to a restaurant and getting takeout, like maybe you can bring your own container. Um, and if that's too daunting, you can at least try to bring your own coffee mug, uh, reusable coffee mug, and try to have like your own little, I would say build a z little zero waste kit. So at least in your daily life, you can avoid zero waste plastic. So whether that's like a fork, um, a napkin, just all these ways where trash is just trying to invade our life if you can just start. So start with the single-use disposables and trying to refuse those and then also bring your own reusable options. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Social media has clearly had a big impact on the development of the zero-waste movement. Through online blogs and YouTube videos, it has educated people around the world about the ways in which we can start reducing our waste. This raises the question of how is the zero waste movement doing now? And is social media being used to promote the movement still? In the next episode of Reduce, Reuse, Reblog, we are going to be hearing some inspirational personal stories about people's zero waste journeys. To get involved with the show, let me know, how did your zero waste journey begin? To find out more information about the series, this episode, or to see all the survey results, go to www.reducereuseforblog.com. To get involved with the show and find out the latest updates, go and follow at reducereuseforblog on Instagram.